How did you get sick, Mary Jo? I don't even think I am sick. I just lost my voice. Why were you screaming? No, I mean I went to. You are a teacher. You always. I went to the school prom. I know that part. (laughs) (laughs) Went to the school prom and I was like, hey. Oh my gosh. I was already losing my voice before then. And I don't really have any other symptoms. Like I don't have mocos or anything. Hmm. Mad random. And then I had a sty on my eye that was so horrible. Yeah. This is it coming down. Yeah, I kind of see it. So, red. Yeah, it was so big. I was wearing sunglasses everywhere I went, so nobody would see my eyes. Did it hurt? I was at the school prom wearing sunglasses. I looked dumb. Did it hurt? Yeah, it was very painful. Ugh. And then it kept watering. It was just... I can imagine. I was all messed up. And I was on my period, girl. <laughs> the whole week was not good for me. Well, it's okay. I have to blow my nose, so I'll be back. You watch One Tree Hill. You yeah, know, um, Brooke? Yeah. Brooke yeah, has she, like she her voice kind of sounds like yeah. this, like what well, mine sounds sick. All right, so Shay, um, are you sick? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. No, I'm um, just kidding. I'm not sick. Yeah, I, I mean, I can tell your voice. Your voice doesn't sound sick, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh my gosh, you guys tried my bread today. Wow, how was oh that? Taomi is the literal, <laughs> literal Martha Stewart of the family, bar- Betty Crocker, whatever you want to call it. That was the best bread I've ever had in my entire life. Thank you. Best bread ever. It was We're so call you Betty Stewart from now on. Who the fuck is Betty Who's Stewart? Who's that? I have Betty no Crocker idea. And Martha Stewart put together. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I did not oh put God, that together. On a whole other, like a whole other level, level no, because really. I did not put that together. I didn't put it even. But yeah, I made my own both. bread. <laughs> I know I said them both, and I was like, I don't understand what she's saying right now. I'm like Betty Stewart. Who's that? Is this a new person that just came out? Like new girl took over. I guess so. No, it's Taomi. That's, that's what came. Um, but yeah, I made my sourdough from scratch, guys. Yeah, it was delicious. Made my own yeast. All right, guys, welcome to Conversations with T. I'm your host, T. I'm MJ. And I'm Shay. And these are like my besties, my best friend and my sister here. Um, And we're just going to, today's topic is going to be about church hurt. Um, So if you are, if you are involved in church and, you know, this topic kind of rubs you the wrong way, please stop listening. You don't need to be here. If you're sensitive, please don't be here. Um, Don't keep listening because you are going to get offended because we are speaking about how we felt hurt with the church and where we're at now because of that. Mm -hmm. And that's not everybody's experience. That's just our experience. So, um, Sorry, guys, my timer went off. So I just wanted to start off by saying um, I'm T, and I just wanted to talk a little bit about my experience, um, like my, how long I've been in church. So I've been in church for, I was in church um, my whole life, honestly. I've always attended church. I was always a part of um, something, you know, at church. You know, my mom, um, we used to go to this small church up by OBT. I mean, I know you guys don't know this, but like it's, it's in Orlando. But anyways, um and that was a really small church and it was nice and I was a part of like the dance with my mom and you know I did grow up every day going to church and then when we got a little bit older we stopped going to church as much and um I think we got introduced to another church where I met um MJ and I went to conferences there and then I started you know kind of working with the leaders there and started going to bible study and really putting my feet in in it and just trying to be a good person and be a good leader and you know love God and love the church and making sure that church was first because the thing is is that church they tell you like don't put us first like your family comes first but um yeah I felt like it was still very much like 
oh no no but we actually have this and this and this and next week uh, make sure you're free for this and it's like whoa, whoa whoa I thought you told me to put family first but somehow I'm here Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday uh six to nine every single day um like where's my time for my friends and my family that I don't have any I didn't feel like I had any um time that T got introduced to that church with her family the second church my mom also started going and I was really young at the time so I was just attending like Sunday services with kids church and things like that but um as I grew older and I saw my older cousin you know doing all of these extra things and you know just like looking so popular with all of her friends it just seemed like wow like I want to do that I want to be I want to be doing exactly what she's doing like that's what I would say and tell myself and so then eventually like when I was old enough to go to my first youth service I was like so hyped I remember being so hyped to go to my first youth service you'd think I was like gonna go see a movie premiere honestly looking back at it I'm like that's kind of weird but <laughs> <laughs> let's just go right past that so then um after being like um going to the youth services for so long I joined extra things like I can't even like think of it now like cell groups and um church camps and just different things like that and then mm -hmm. when I was what like 13 I joined my first missions team and went to my first missions trip I turned 14 on my first missions trip literally away from all of my family my freaking mm -hmm. best cousin was in Costa Rica at the time of my birthday so like neither of us were at home at the time yeah when um it was my what 14th birthday yeah and then yeah, we got back home, and I went on my second missions trip that next summer. That was my trip to Guyana. And then after that, like, you know, I was already in high school, and different things just start happening in life, and, you know, you get a lot of, um, you know, not necessarily, like, bad things happen, but, like, in the church, but, like, people give you weird looks once you start missing a couple church services, mm. and... Don't, your family first yeah don't let you miss a cell group or anything because it's like it's like like everybody's like wow like you're just not coming anymore or you're just not involved or you're just not putting you know god first and it's mm -hmm. like um i'm putting god first just not church yeah i'm just like at the same time it's like i'm like 14 15 years old like i literally have school i have grades to keep up i remember my sophomore year of high school i had the worst grades and even though they weren't bad they were still bad to my mom's standards and to my own standards so I just remember thinking, like, I was supposed to go on a mission trip to Haiti my sophomore year of high school. and Or no, my freshman year of high school. And I literally was, like, in the team, about to go. And I remember my dad saying, like, you're never going to go to Haiti. Like, not on no mission trip, not on no other reason. And he's Dominican. He was just like, that's not happening. And I was like, uh, okay. And I just told my leaders, like, I can't go. And it was just the end of the story but when I was 13 and I wanted to go on my first trip to Mexico my dad stood like stood down on all 10 toes you're not going you're not going you're not going I ended up going because my mom had full custody and she was like don't make me take you to court just sign the papers and so I ended up going but I had zero fight in me when it came to that third missions trip I just wasn't I just wasn't ready to go down that path of having to be so committed to this one missions trip program for the whole year preparing you for that summer when it's like it's also my first year of high school and I wanted to possibly do sports or I wanted to possibly um you know spend some more time in the chorus program but it was like even if I thought about doing those things it's like I would also think about 
the friends I would lose at church and the looks I would get when I did finally go to a service and the condescending remarks that I would get because I wasn't Mm -hmm. giving them all of my time when it was like, I'm 14, 15 years old. Like I'm still just trying to like, like learn life at the end of the day. And it was, um, it was around that time where I kind of like stepped back from that church, from that small church. And I was like, yeah, like I just need to take a break. And then eventually I went to um, Faith Assembly, which is a really big church. Like everybody knows about it, I'm sure. Everybody in high school probably went to it a couple times. Like some people referred to it as like a hangout spot, which is, I don't know. I mean, take it as you will. It was a great church. It was a great church at the end of the day. It was they gave great sermons. They had a great worship team. And like, um, there's a, li- a lot of things happened in um, that church. I was there from like, I want to say, let me think. Summer of like sophomore year till like summer of junior year. So like, what, like almost two years? I don't really remember, but it seemed like a long time when you're <laughs> that age, when you're yes. like 15, 16, 17. Like that just seems like a really long time. So I had went to started going to that church with some of my friends and um, eventually got introduced to like the fine arts program. It's like when you're this age in high school and you have commitments at school and then you have all of these commitments at church that I mean, I'm doing it on my own free will because like I wanted to do all of those things. Um, You just leaves very little room and very little time for your family. And sometimes it feels like you're missing out on things. Looking back at it, I missed out on my brother's engagement party because I had fine arts practices. Wow. And I literally remember till this day telling them like, hey, um, you know, I just found out it's my brother's engagement party at this um, dinner they're having. You know, it was at night and I was like, I'm not going to be able to make it to practice. And my leader just straight up was like, that's not an option. Like, you have to be at practice. And I was like, no, like, I, I, I can't. Like, my dad told me, like, I have to be at this dinner. It's my brother's engagement dinner. Like, you know, he's going to propose. And it was like he was going to propose at the dinner, like, surprise his girlfriend at the time, wow. now wife. And I literally missed it because I called my dad and I was like, hey, sorry, my leader said I can't go. And he's like, what do you mean you, you're not coming? Like, what do you mean you're not coming to your brother's dinner where he's going to literally engage uh, proposed to his girlfriend and i was like i'm sorry but i have practice like i have it was actually um what they used to call like hell week because we had districts the next week the next weekend so or um yeah we had districts that weekend so that whole week prior to districts i can't remember like why would they call it hell week yeah they they revoked that term after um like my second year in fine arts they revoked that term but it was because listen this is why it was because their practices would be like over four or five hours long Mm. and grueling like we we were running through it every single time we were running through the um human video um it was the last day of hell week the next day was districts Um, but yeah it was the last day of districts and that was the day of my my little brother my my big brother's event and i literally missed it and i'll never get a chance to you know experience that yeah experience and like just i'll never get that back at the end of the day like i mean like they're still married and i love my sister-in-law with like everything in me she's like one of my best friends and it's like i hate that i wasn't even there for that moment because like they wanted me there they invited me and they were like my brother was upset he was so upset that i didn't but that wasn't there 
And now looking back at it, I was like, yeah, I could totally understand his anger because if he wasn't there when I was proposed to, I would have been livid. So it's just crazy looking back at it now. And that was just one of the like little things that happened. I mean, when I was like 13, my dad surprised me and my sister with concert tickets to Romeo Santos. Like, oh my gosh, you, this, you know what this oh, is? Like, you this part, this. this oh. oh my this gosh, hold on, hold on. Oh. Yeah, this shit was crazy. So. I was like, what, I was like 13, I was in 8th grade, literally 8th grade. My dad knew how in love I was with Bachata and Romeo Santos and all of that. And so, um, Romeo Santos was coming to Orlando, he was coming to the Amway Arena at the time, and my dad was like, okay, bet, I'm gonna buy you and your sister tickets. And I was like, no, you're not. I didn't even believe him. I was like, yeah, right. And then I went to a church camp. And um, when you go to church, and if you're in church, there's this thing they call, like, the church high after real big spiritual moments and, you know, what they'll call, like, a spiritual awakening. And they tell you, like, oh, don't lose that flame. Don't lose that fire. You know, you have to keep on coming to church all the time, all the time, all the time. So, like, that that little fire doesn't, like, leave its spark or whatever. And so um, I went to this church camp when I was, like, 13, and it was a weekend-long camp, and it was, like, in my eyes at that time it was like the best experience of my life it was so awakening i felt so free and i was like yes this is amazing i come back home and my dad surprises me on valentine's day on valentine's day with those tickets and it was like i think eye contact was like what in march or something so it was like only a few weeks after um this camp and um my dad literally surprised me and my sister with these concert tickets and i was shocked like I didn't have any words because like I wasn't happy but I was so sad because I was like how can I go to this concert to this Romeo Santos concert like if y'all know anything about Romeo Santos that is not where you would want your pastor to find you at (laughs) so I was like oh my god like what am I like what am I gonna do and at the time I felt so sick to my stomach because I knew what everybody was going to tell me and I just could not face my dad and tell him like actually like I can't go and lo and behold that's what I had to do at 13 years old I literally remember like bringing this up to my leaders and them telling me like well you know um, I don't even remember this it was more like they were telling me like you have to follow like you know your spirit and your conviction and listen to your spirit or whatever whatever and I was like okay, well, I know what the Bible says and, like, I know what I am supposed to do I, in my mind at that time from what I was being taught, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought I was supposed to do. doesn't say that in the Bible, everybody. <laughs> and that's just what they teach you, you know? Like, yeah. It's like a... From what I see it now after all these years, I feel like it's like a scare tactic. Like, they mm-hmm. want you to feel like this conviction. Mm-hmm. They want you to feel like this guilt in the pit of your stomach because you're doing something against what they're teaching you to do, which they're teaching you, like... Not to listen to secular music, not to even step foot around those waters because it's going to tempt you and you're just not supposed to be around that. And I literally told my father, who just gifted me these like hundreds of dollars, you know, worth tickets. And he was like, are you kidding me? And I was like, I can't go because my leader said I can't go. And I'm like, you know, I go to church, dad, and like, this isn't, this isn't of God. And he was just like, this isn't good like this I can't believe you're doing this and I was I was like I'm sorry like I hope you can understand one day I hope you can understand oh my god I was like oh oh my god it's so embarrassing and I just remember literally seeing my dad's face just like fall he was like he was heartbroken 
And I told them, I was like, but my mom will go. Like, mommy will go with Miguel, and they'll have a good time. You know, the tickets won't go to waste. And <sighs> he was just like, this was for you. This was for you and your sister. Like, I know how much you love him. How come I, was, I don't have memory of this? Uh, it was really bad. It was really sad. She so. told me about this afterwards, and I was like, girl, what? You yeah. didn't go? I did not go. I would have no. told you to go. Romeo Santos isn't even bad. Like, I don't listen to him and think, like, sex. Like, no. I, well, he'd be singing about sex. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not like, mm, Yeah, like, but. At the time, I just was just like, <clears throat> this is, you know, it was, it was a really, really, like, yeah. looking back at it, I was so mad at myself, because I was just like, wow, I can't believe I did that, like, that's mm. just ridiculous, and the, that's just, you know, one of the other things mm. that's happened. But if I'm being truthful, like, I probably would have done the same thing. I would have been like, no, I can't go. Yeah. Right? Like, where we were at that point. I guess, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. I don't even think I went to a concert all those years, like, to a secular concert. We went, to, a, we went to an Andy Mineo concert. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. That's it. I... MJ here. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I actually was born and raised in the church that I met Shay and T at. Um, like, literally born. My mom would go there when I was preg- when she was pregnant with me. And then I was born in the church. And that's all I knew for 23 years, maybe? 20, mm-hmm. 22, 23 years. Um, yeah. And that, tr- like, I had no other friends other than the people at church and i didn't really go to any other events like if it was not a church event i didn't go like that was pretty much all i knew was really that church and all my friends were there and everybody was there but i can say for me personally like even though i did feel pressure from the church i also felt pressure from like my mom and my Mm. grandma like if i would miss a church service i'd mainly hear it from them yeah and it would be a very like oh my gosh what are your leaders gonna say that you didn't show up to church like really what the church had to say mattered like a lot like their the church's opinion like I could say really drove my family you know yeah and my mom has talked to me about it before she goes to like a very more chill church now Mm -hmm. um but like I remember when she would go to our church and she would pray for people she would wear okay my mom got a big butt she can't help it she's Puerto Rican you guys we've seen it right Yeah. yeah so like she was wearing like just regular pants i don't think they were overly tight they weren't like leggings she was wearing regular pants and she went to pray for somebody at the altar and they literally told her like you can't do that while you're wearing that clothes like she can't go pray for whoever she wants because her pants i guess were tight like no matter what she wears you're gonna see my mom's butt like it's a big butt and so i'm so glad you touched on that oh yeah yeah girl because you can't help it either (laughs) (laughs) share share with the rest of us but yeah i just remembered things like that but it very geared like our family like people's opinions on the church really like geared our life and i can still feel that to this day like there's things that i don't want to do or can't even i won't post on instagram like the first picture that i posted on instagram that i'm wearing like a, a bathing suit but like i'm covered up it took me so like i contemplated over posting that for like two days like I was so scared to post it and I was with um, my cousins that don't go to church and they were mm-hmm. like girl what that's not even bad and I'm like far away too like you see nothing wow. right and but they, they were, made the shame us for that yeah and then um they were like what did, they were like just post it and then like eventually I did post it but I was like so like terrified to even post like that picture yeah. you know what I mean so like yeah I just feel like I don't think they did it on purpose, but I see how a lot of my own choices and decisions were taken away because mm-hmm. I had to follow what was being there said. There was a lot of shame. Isn't there was a lot of shame. A lot of things that were not biblical, but they were just their boundaries. So yeah. we won't do anything bad. But yeah. then 
why are you gonna like make me feel so guilty for something that w- is technically not a sin it's yeah. just something you said yep you know and if you want to get really technical there's a lot of things in the bible that were a sin for that group of people in mm-hmm. the bible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know like <laughs> she's looking at the picture <laughs> look at it Oh my gosh. You can't even see anything, right? No, but they did. They convicted you. They shamed you. I remember the pastor doing a whole sermon about what you wear Mm -hmm. to church and Mm -hmm. how, and especially with leaders, how that makes you look and how Mm. you have to be better. Do you remember the the four B's they would say? Belly, boobs, back, and butt. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That we could like not show whatever. Make sure that was covered. Yeah. It's just, it's really like, I feel like. I'm I'm a believer that if like you want to not do that because of your own convictions, yeah. then that's okay. Yeah. If you truly feel like God is telling you and you're feeling that own, you know, conviction, mm-hmm. that's fine because mm-hmm. that's on you. That's your life, you know, but that's between you and God. Yeah. Why do I have to feel shame for something that I don't feel like I don't feel necessarily bad for, mm-hmm. you know? Be careful. You can hear that. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> shit. My bad. <laughs> No, but it, it makes it worse. I'm like, I'm there's editing. like a sonic hearing in the. Yeah, so when I'm editing, it's intense. It's like I don't know what happens when they like registers on the mics. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, the shame, the yeah. shame, it's crazy. Yeah, like I don't need to feel shame for you. Like yeah. you can feel shame for that or convicted or whatever you want. But like that, yeah. like listening to secular music, I was never, I never felt like I had to change that. But I felt like I had to because the church was telling me to. I also feel like I understand when we have leaders, you're giving them like a or an accountability you're giving them like a certain amount of leeway for them to like be able to say things about my life like i your account my accountability like you too if you guys have something to say about my life i'll take it because i gave you that position in my life right but then ultimately whether i do what you tell me to do or not you're still in my life you love me you support me right it's still you're gonna still at the end of the day you're gonna say it's your decision do you i'm still gonna be here i love you right Right? i do feel like they take it in a way that's like, I'm your leader, so you have to do what I say. And yeah. even if the decision you want to make is not what I say, then you're wrong. Yep. And I'm going to keep, like, drilling that. And yep. I guess, ultimately, like, I'm a, I guess, a leader now. And I think that people, my students come up to me and they tell me everything that they've done. Like, a lot of my students just are like, hey, I had sex, I did this, I smoked. And I'm just like, okay. Like, I'm not going to tell, like, force you to make a decision that's, you're living your life. Yeah. And I feel like a good leader would be like, I'll give you advice if you want it, but you don't have to take it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that choice is given a lot in church. Right. Choice. I guess that's the word. Choice. Free will, people. That's the thing I think we can all agree on is that I don't think... I think that they did want us to get close to God. And yeah. ultimately, they wanted us to do the right thing. Yeah. It was just the approach. The approach was wrong. The approach and like how they went about it. You know? I wanted to get close to God, but just yeah. like... I want to be able to say it was my own decisions and i don't think every single thing was my own decision mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. i agree we're gonna get into most hurtful stories yeah story times so we're definitely gonna go into um the next and i want you to know it's not just gonna be negative things at the end we will be talking about positive things that i was learned. about to say and mm-hmm. you know because even though we have this hurt doesn't mean that we're different now and mm-hmm. things have left or that us none and... of us have a relationship with god or oh want yeah to yeah be with yeah, god. yeah exactly yeah. just want to make sure that's clear but yeah so we will go into um we all love jesus <laughs> we'll go into story time we'll be right back All right, well, we're back, and um, I want to start off with the story that I want to start off is just more of, like, when I felt um, the most hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in just the overview of 
my time at church. I had, all right, so a bit of a backstory um, is that I was at church for about, um, at the church that I was in. I was a leader for about three years. Um, and I keep saying, um, I need to stop. Okay. For three years. And so I had formed real co- good connections with my pastor at the time, my youth pastor, and of course, all the leaders and the girls and, you know, all that stuff. But during this time, we had transitioned and we were all leaving the church. The pastors were leaving to a different church. We were getting new youth pastors and we were just all elevating to the next step of our lives. Um, I was going, I was just coming back from being um, in school. Yeah, in college at Southeastern, which is also a Christian college. I can go into that one. But anyways, um, <laughs> so I had come back and everything had changed. And so everyone was kind of moving to a different location and I was also going to a different church at the time, but I wasn't really going to church. I was just trying to get out of that church because I just felt a lot of hurt. Like I felt like that church forced me to go to Southeastern, which forced me to feel all the feelings that I was feeling. Um, but we'll talk about that another day. Um, but for sure I had, I had left the church and I, in my mind, I said, I'm leaving to go to a new church. I had told everybody that I really wasn't going to do that, but I was telling everybody, I was telling everybody that I'm leaving the church to go to a different church. And I remember my pastor being like so happy for me and, you know, slowly but surely I just started distancing myself from all the girls, from all the leaders, except for MJ. But even (laughs) with, even with MJ, we were a little bit kind of like separating Mm -hmm. ourselves. She had a new friends. I was gone. Um, I was gone in college for about half a year. So, you know, that all that puts a lot of strain into um, friendships. So me and her just kind of went our own way. And, you know, not we didn't hate each other, but we weren't besties like we were before. So I had left and I got back with an ex and it was just not a good time. But I remember my pastor reaching out to me one time in, in the two years that had passed since we had left the church one time. And I just never replied to her. I just kind of left her kind of like, you know, I just I wasn't ready to face that. I wasn't ready to face what I was feeling, face why I left the church, you know, really kind of uncover that. Because in in that time, I'm just like, I just want to live in the world because, you know, I don't care. You know, that was in my mindset. I just didn't care. I had a very apathetic mindset. It just it was to me. It just kind of was like I felt numb. So I was just doing whatever I wanted. And so she reached out one time. And then I think two years after that, she reached out again. And this time it was a little bit more forceful. It was like, hey, I heard you're not doing good. Like, what's up? And I was like, what is happening here? You have not reached out to me in two years. And even that two years before that, it was only one time. What are you talking about? And she had told me like, hey, I want to meet up. Like, I think we need to meet up. And I'm like, well, I don't have time. Cause I didn't, I had a job, I had two jobs. I was everywhere. I was also living in sin. I did not want to confess that to her. Um, <laughs> you know, I was like not doing good. I was not going to church. I was spiritually very, very dry. And so I was kind of like running away from that. I didn't want to confront that, but my hurt was more like you haven't reached out in all this time. And now because you heard from my boss, cause my boss was her friend because you heard from my boss that I wasn't doing well, which I'm really, <clears throat> I was really upset with my boss for telling her that. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, I was like, now that you hear that I'm not doing well, you want to reach out? And I just did not like that. Um, At that time, me and MJ were really, really close again. And I had messaged her and I was like, can you believe what the pastor just sent me? And I don't have the message anymore. I deleted that. But I was really hurt because she basically was like, if I wanted to um, meet, if my old mentor wanted to meet with me I would meet with her like immediately I would drop everything that I'm doing 
I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't imagine saying no to her. I would drop whatever I was doing to go meeting with her. I understand life gets busy, but you should make time for your mentors. One, you're not my mentor anymore. Two, my mentor would be someone that continuously talks to me throughout the years. Not just once in a blue moon when you hear I'm not doing well. Or when you think that I'm in sin. That's wrong. You need to be there for somebody through all of that, right? So whatever, I told her that I did not feel, I felt like she was entitled and, you know, said that she was wrong for that because you're not entitled in my life if i don't want to meet with you i don't have to meet with you like Mm -hmm. who are you and she basically was really upset with me i think she left me on open mary joe do you remember that oh yeah so then she unfollowed me off all social media platforms and um i thought she had blocked me for a long time i thought she blocked my number but i guess it was just on on the text messaging because one time um when her when her husband's brother passed away i reached out and i was like hey like i want to send my condolences because i know how hard that must have been um and i you know that's i knew the guy like it's not like he was just a random person like i knew the pastor i knew his his brother like Mm -hmm. i knew everything so Mm -hmm. i was kind of like oh i need to reach out and that one went through and she never replied to that but Mm -hmm. you know at least i did my part i said i said what i had to say um and i just felt really hurt for a long time because who are you to come into my life and tell me that you deserve a place in my, in my life you don't deserve nothing and that really put into perspective everything and that's honestly when I started to realize how hurt I was from church and from people at church yeah. um, because I didn't realize that until that moment that I was like whoa like what is this like mm-hmm. everything that I've been feeling everything that I've been repressing um, was finally coming up in an ugly way and you know maybe I was wrong for the way I responded but I just I didn't think it was fair Alrighty, so yeah, so I just felt like, um, I just felt hurt, and I was just, a lot of things were coming up, and I just realized that, like, to me, they weren't real people in my life, so I didn't feel like those were genuine friendships that I had in that time, um, people who just talk to you when you're feeling low, just to tell you why you are feeling low and how you should fix it, which I knew exactly what she would say, because th- I want to let you guys know, this lady would literally ridicule me in front of the other girls, would literally call me out on my sin in front of other girls, we'll talk about other people in our church, like, be like, like, can you believe that they did this like shaming them for their sin which you should never if someone's coming up to you and telling you they sin and they confess something to you and you tell your group leaders and you tell like in a gossip manner no i'm so sorry i'm no that's yeah. not okay to me and i hope she's learning i hope that she's a different person now and i yeah. only wish her and her family the best i don't wish ill will upon no one but it was just hurtful it was hurtful um, can I touch on that a little bit? Yeah. I think the main thing for me, because I've had a pastor when I left the, their church unfollow me and like just somebody unfollowing you. Like I feel like as if I was like a spiritual leader or a mentor, like let's say to Shay, which I'm surprised she even still talks to me, but like, <laughs> yeah, like um, I was her leader for a little bit. But like if you ever came up to me, if I ever reached out to you and you were like, don't talk to me or don't hit me up or like I don't want to meet with you or whatever I don't think I would ever unfollow you I feel like what Jesus would want me to do is still show you love I'd still be like okay well I still love you I'd still like all your posts I'd still be congratulations when you had your baby like if we're being like Jesus even if you you know backstabbed me in the back you know denied me three times like Peter I'm still going to love you and I'm never gonna unfollow you so I feel like in that way as a leader that was like you that's where you have to be the bigger person yep yeah. but yeah that's my story that's my hurt and then now we're gonna hear from okay so um this was like i want to say this was in my senior year my at the uh i was in this church and oh by the way mary joe was being very light 
earlier she said just a few years she was literally like my mentor from what age 13 to freaking like what like 16 Mm -hmm. and plus after i left that church she was just my older cousin's best friend she was always around so she was my friend for like you know by proxy forever (laughs) by the way we're not cousins we're sisters we're sisters yeah yeah more like we Sister technically cousins. technically we're good cousins but like yeah cousins is just such like a, a long it's term distant, it's yeah. distant. we're yeah. not distant right so um i was at this other church and i was going there because at the time like they they their youth program was like off the charts like they had the most amazing outreach program they had you know like the most like awesome freaking youth program like their youth building literally had a basketball court in the middle of the building it had an ice cream shop it had a grill (laughs) it had a coffee shop it had game rooms you know it had everything that would appeal huh the basketball court yeah it had everything that would appeal to the younger crowd and that's Mm -hmm. what they were trying to do because that's how they outreach to the youth so like my first time going there i was so shocked because i was used I was used to the church concept of my little family church that I had always attended this little itty bitty Spanish church with a youth program in, you know, this kids hall. And like, it was just like nothing compared to mm-hmm. the sanctuary that I walked I was into. <laughs> it was nothing compared to the sanctuary that I walked in at that other church with this big stage and these rows and rows and rows of chairs and like a catwalk in the ceiling. Like it was literally really crazy and um when i started going to that church like um sorry i went with i don't even remember like what friend i started going to that church with but eventually like i made new friends and i got involved in different things i got involved in um you know like h2o like their leadership program i got involved in fine arts and it was honestly like the best time of my life because I had made so many friends and I was just doing so many fun things. Like it was a great way to occupy my time in my opinion. And, um, uh, it was like the summer of my, um, junior into senior year that I went to this fine arts trip and I went to nationals and it was like, it was honestly like so much fun. It was the best thing ever. Like I loved fine arts. I loved human videos. I just loved being able to, sorry, being able to worship God in that way and being able to, you know, like share the gospel and just share stories that way. I thought it was great. And so um, when the next season started of fine arts, I was already in my senior year around October, well, around like the end of September, October, my sister, we got word that she was doing really, really bad in, um, in Colorado. She was really sick. Her heart was failing. And the doctors basically told my mom, like, we're not even sure she's going to make it past the next couple hours. So my mom hopped on a flight, went straight to Colorado, went straight to the hospital from the, from the airport, you know, and got to spend the last few hours with my sister. Well, did your mom go that time or was it Mm-mm, just... No, sir. Um, mommy? Mm-hmm. Oh, Wait. And Someone went with her. Just kidding. Oh, it was Omaira. Or was it Titi? I think it was Omaira and Mommy. Maybe. Because I don't think your mom went. I don't think so. So it was my mom and her cousin. So she went. They flew out there. And anyways, my mom got to be there with my sister for those last few hours that she had. And um, I over here in Orlando, I remember like my earth shattering because my older sister was, you know, she was going to die. And I just couldn't imagine it. And so... um. 
I went to a service that my church used to have that were like prayer services and it was just worship music and just prayer for a few hours and I just felt that like that day like that's that's where I needed to be mm -hmm. so um the day I found out what was happening with my sister the day my mom like hopped on a flight and went to the hospital I went to church and I was there for like four hours just literally praying and you know praying for a miracle and I did lose my sister the next day and you know it happened so she's in a better place now and she's resting so amen to that but um i kind of felt like betrayed you can say because i just felt like you know obviously i knew in my mind there was no way she was going to make it through the night but i was like well maybe because i just spent four hours praying relentlessly mm -hmm. like maybe something will happen but um just that little bit of hope caused a lot of resentment towards yeah. like god and church for me and so it took me a minute to be able to like even like process that and i was like kind of like holding those feelings back and not facing them but mm -hmm. at the same time i wasn't going to church services i would find excuses to not go i was just like um going to school and then i'd be like oh well i have this i was a senior i was also doing um sports medicine at the time so like i would be like well i have football practice so i have this or have that so i can't i can't make it and um obviously i had my fine arts leaders reaching out to me to see if i was going to make it to this service or that service and the more services I didn't go to, their concern grew of like whether or not I was going to be able to be a part of the fine arts team for that season. Because when you're a part of the fine arts team, there's a certain image that you have to uphold. You can't be out here, um, you know, like just doing what crazy teenagers do when you're on the fine arts team because mm -hmm. you're representing the church in a way. So um, it got to a point where I was not out here doing nothing crazy but like at the same time like i was in my senior year of high school it was around the time of homecoming parties it was in the midst of football season like there were yeah. parties there were football games that i wanted to go to <clears throat> there were little hangouts that i wanted to go to you know like i remember i went to um a hangout with you and the friends and yeah and we I took a shot with one of my friends. I took a shot of tequila rose, which is literally like tequila and milk. Like it's not <laughs> something that you're going to take a shot of and you're going to get like shit face drunk. Like, no, I literally took a shot and me and my friend like took a picture and I posted it on Twitter because my Twitter didn't have a lot of like the church people on there. So I knew what I was doing and I just didn't feel like getting those remarks. I didn't feel like people coming at me any type of way. Cause like, mind y'all, I'm like 17 at this point. I'm yeah. about to be 18. Like in my, my family didn't give a fuck. So, like, in my mind, I'm like, I don't care. So, I take the shot with my friend. I take the picture. I post it on social media. And that kind of, like, ignited the issues that happened afterwards. And um, I remember being like, you know what? Like, I'm kind of ready to go back to church. Like, I'm kind of ready to go back to a service. You know, I feel like I should. I was already feeling like I should probably go. Yeah. But I was trying to work up the courage to go because also, like, I hadn't really been there since my sister passed away. And I just didn't feel like. Question, did anyone reach out? Um, Any of your leaders reach out? My friends did reach out. My leaders reached out, like, you know, when they found out that it happened. Yeah. They did once. But it's not like they were trying to, you know, reach out to me all the time to yeah. see how I was there. doing. It was nothing like that. I know I remember being like angry about that and just but I felt that from a lot of people and I feel like in my mind I rationalized it and just chopped it up to like people not knowing how to Grieve talk well. to me yeah Yo, well, yeah in that situation like I just I was <laughs> 17 and my sister just died and she was 26 so it was like it's a lot of people don't know how to talk deal to you with, about yeah. that they don't yeah. know how to deal with it so I I didn't hold it against anybody but I was just mindful of that 
And so when I had started like feeling like I kind of want to go back to a service and I think I'm ready to just like step back into that world. And I also knew like fine arts season was coming and I wanted to do fine arts. Um, I got a message around that same time that I'm like, I'm like doing all this thinking. I got a message around that time. And my leader was like, hey, I need you to be there on Thursday. And I was like, or Wednesday or whatever day the service was. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm going to see if I can make it. She's like, no, like, I need to, I need you to go there because I need to talk to you. And I was like, um, okay, sure, whatever. Like, I'll figure it out. She's like, yeah, well, this person can come pick you up if you don't have a ride. And oh. I was like, oh, okay, sure. You're figuring it out for me. Like, cool, thanks, whatever. What? It was one of my friends. So, like, I didn't, like, I was just yeah. like, whatever. Like, she was part of the team. So, I was like, okay, Why cool. haven't they done the last three weeks? Right. They, yeah, they or wanted to talk long. to me. So, like, they So, waited. now it was emergent. Yeah. Emergency. So I was like, okay, whatever. So, I go to the service, you know, whatever. We, we sit through the service, sit through the... The worship, it was great. And this whole time, I have, like, this nervous feeling in the pit of my stomach because, like, I know what they're going to say to me. Mind you guys, I had a spam account at the time. Like, spam accounts on Instagram, Finsta accounts. Like, that was a big thing. And, like, I remember my senior year of high school, everybody had Finsta accounts. Mm -hmm. So I had a Finsta. I had a Finsta. And, um... I didn't allow anybody from, like, barely anybody from my church followed my Finsta. Mm-hmm. The only people from my church that followed my Finsta were other Finstas. And if you were not another Finsta, you were not getting on my page. Because, yep. like, in my eyes, you're an op. So I was like, nope. <laughs> and um, my leader at the time tried following me. And I was like, girl, you already follow me on Instagram. Why do you need to follow me on this page? Like, yeah. no. So I just deleted it. Oh, my it. God. I had so many people from church trying to follow me. And, like, yeah. And I, it's not like I was, like, posting anything crazy. But, like, again they're I being nosy senior they're in being high school. Like, yeah, like, you're private i was i went to homecoming that year i went to a party after homecoming i went to all of the um spirit week events and all the powder like the little bonfire like i went to all of that crap and so i was like no like i'm not gonna let them follow me because i just don't want to hear them talk crap to me about it like i don't yeah. care it's my senior year of high school i'm gonna do what i want yeah this is what i'm saying at yeah, the time yeah. and so then um after service happens and my two leaders they pull me into one of these like little rooms and on the side in the in the building and we're like hey like we just wanted to talk to you because um one of my leaders was like really nice the other one was <laughs> she was just like i'm cutting to the chase and she was like you deleted my follow request off that um and she's like you didn't let me follow you on your spam account you posted this picture on your twitter of you holding a shot glass taking a shot and i posted that picture of me and my friend taking a shot but i put a little heart over the shot glass so it's not like you can see a full-blown shot glass but you saw the little heart and you you're not dumb like you know what's behind of the course. heart so she was like, oh, yeah, like, you you didn't let me follow you on your spam account, and um, you posted this picture of you taking a shot, and it's like, this is not what someone on the fine arts team is supposed to be, you know, like, portraying. Like, you can't be on the fine arts team and do things like that. Like, that's our issue here, so, like, you're not going to be on the fine arts team this season. And I was just like, okay. Like, I didn't have any fight in me. Like, when I, I can't imagine, like, Looking back at it now, I just wish I can give myself a hug because I was like mm. 17 years old. Just my sister had just died. Like I'm keeping it together in my in myself for my own sake. Yeah. Like as much then, as you can at that yeah, age. Yeah, and it's like I'm also dealing with you know I had my first um, my crush at the time. Like things were developing between us, so I was possibly about to have like my first boyfriend. And yeah. it's like a lot of different things that I'm going through, and I'm like. I don't really feel like dealing with this shit. Like, mm. if you guys don't want me to be on your fine arts team because I posted a picture with my friend taking a shot glass and I don't want to follow you on my spam account, then, like, 
I don't want to be a part of your team, I guess. Like, I really didn't have the fight in me. I was just yeah. like, I honestly can't believe that this is happening right now. And I could really care less because I was like, at the end of the day, I have to focus on getting into a college now. My mom is depressed and I have to see this all the time. I have yeah. to also focus on making sure that I'm successful so that she can have something to look forward to. You know, yeah. like I had a lot of pressure at the time and I was like the added pressure that this is going to bring to me. Like maybe this is how it's supposed to be. So I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to stress it. I was like, OK, I guess I'm not going to be I'm not going to be a part of the fine arts team. But like at the time I was really hurt because I really like they hesitated. They did not hesitate, y'all. Like, they literally had this conversation with me. I walk out of the building, and I already got the notification from the group chat that I was kicked out. <laughs> when I tell wow. you there was no hesitation, I was like, okay, cool. Like, that's that's a bet. Like, bet. All right. Yeah. Um, I had friends from and within the group, within that team, you know, reach out to me, ask me what happened. And I just told them, like, honestly, I don't even want to be a part, about, a part of this team anymore. So... Wow. Yeah, it is what it is. And like shortly after that, I never went back. Like I probably went back like one or two times to actually see the fine arts events. Mm -hmm. But after that, I just never went back. I was like, I do not see it beneficial to myself to be like surrounded by people like that. Yeah. And I just I just it just wasn't it for me. Um, Shortly after that, I started dating my boyfriend, who's now my husband. So, like, all of those, um, I made a lot of more friends. And, like, and I was just in, immersed in, like, a different crowd. And I graduated high school and went to college. So, like, I wasn't missing out on anything. And I had, like, a whole different group of friends that I made within that one year. But the hurt, like, followed me from there on. And, like, it really did, like, shift my perspective on a lot of things. Because I just... I just didn't expect people who were supposed to be so, like, godly, like, leaders who were supposed to be like Jesus, who preach about being like Jesus. I didn't expect those people to be the ones to show me the least amount of love in the worst time of my life. Like, yeah. the least amount of love. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I just cannot, I couldn't believe it. And I really was like, it just showed how, like, little faith I had in, in people. Because I really didn't have faith in people before that anyways i've always had my faith in you know in god and jesus and it's like i believe very little of like what the people say and that's my problem with church because it's like the church is just people like i feel like that's what it is and that's why there's so many issues that come from church there's so much hurt and resentment that people carry and it comes from the church but it's because people are the ones that mess up the church like mm. when i tell y'all now this all happened what is it 2023 this all happened in 2016, 2017. This happened in like 2017. So wow. it's been a really long time. And um, everybody's in different different paths of their lives, you know? Like, it's just, it's just, I've always thought about it. It's so crazy. And then looking back at it, I'm like, the leaders that were <clears throat> leading me, they were like 20, 21 years old. I can't imagine being 20, 21 years old trying to lead a 17-year-old or an 18 year old because at that age I didn't even know who I was I don't need like I'm 23 about to be 24 and I'm just now learning who I am and that's normal like yeah, so it's crazy yeah I feel like um with church it's just it's just a crazy path mm -hmm. it's just a like never-ending path being a leader that young is a lot and yeah. I know me and MJ can definitely attest to that like yeah. I was a leader at 17 years old what was I doing Literally. I was literally in high school. I was a senior yeah. in high school and I was leading. I was going to mission trips. I was trying to be a leader in mission trips. Like, what? Yeah. But I feel like that's <sighs> also what, like, they try to, try to, like, guide you to do. Like, 
they want you to go down those paths you know like if you're if you're destined for it like if that's your prophecy to be a leader like they want to guide you down that path i mean of course because they want you to have like some sort of like goal at the end of the day yeah. but i feel like i feel like there's just there's a lot of learning about yourself that you're supposed to do in those mm -hmm. years of your life. And we were like robbed of that. Yeah. And now I feel like that's why we're in Where our we're 20s <laughs> trying to still figure out like, yep. what, who am I? Or what we went I through like? a crazy like, phase in our 20s, yeah. you know, yeah. for me and MJ. I know you got your little phase, but like I know for me and MJ, mm -hmm. we can say that we had to go through our phase of like being able to lash out in a sense mm -hmm. when we're in our 20s, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> But I got to know about I got to know myself and I don't regret those years. I feel like I should have been different, but I don't technically regret them. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I really I like I honestly like I say it all the time, I wish I can go back and like give myself a hug because yeah. I just feel like a lot of the um, some grace too. Yeah, I just feel like a lot of the shame that I like felt or like a lot of the stuff that I felt a lot of conviction for. It's like mm -hmm. I shouldn't have felt like conviction for those things like i shouldn't have felt like it was wrong to wear a bathing suit for so long because i don't want to be a stumbling block for other people you know yeah. like that's so fucked up first of all other people shouldn't be looking at you that way yep that's Period. first and foremost Period. why was i why were we literally in church at this young age being taught like oh you have to be as a woman you have to be mindful of what you wear of how you dress and you know like where you're at and what setting and what you're doing because like you don't want to be the reason that another man uh sins like you don't want to be the reason you don't want to be the reason I somebody didn't make else this falls sin. Sorry, and it's so oh. funny because like i heard that growing up and i really believed it and then i until i was i was older and i looked back at it and i'm like well why are you falling like why are you why are you looking at me because i'm showing a little shoulder or like my shorts are a little bit higher than my knees like that's just mm -hmm. wrong in my opinion like, it's just so crazy Alrighty. well thank you shay for sharing that that was really powerful and beautiful um and i'm just i'm thankful that we have these kind of talks we do have yeah, these talks a do. lot and it's really good for us to to get together and kind of share this um to share that you know people who might be feeling this way and have gone through similar things are not alone mm -hmm. um so now we're just going to hear from mj and hear about her stories so <clears throat> it was crazy what you said about like going through um, in our 20s when we lashed out because that's what I was gonna like I guess my I don't have like one big specific story I have a whole bunch of little moments my main thing is that like I just didn't make any decisions for myself at all like anything the church said like if my leaders said to do something I would do it like without question I wouldn't even ask like everything they did like I had no identity I guess all my mm. identity was decided by them so like they said go on missions I would go on missions um if they said, like, don't get in the car with this boy, I wouldn't get in the car. The decisions were, like, just based off of them. And I was very hard on myself. Like, I was such a hard... When I was, a, when I was their leader, I really thought I was, like, the crappiest leader ever. Like, I was... I just thought I was so horrible. Looking back, I don't think I was the best. But dang, I wasn't the worst. But, like, mm -hmm. I literally... The best in my eyes. I really thought, like, I was... Like, I was just, like, so hard on myself that mm -hmm. I could never measure up to what they wanted. Yeah. Um... And this one time I remember before I got into my relationship, mm -hmm. um, I was thinking of doing a like a year commit or not a year commitment, a six month commitment. You know, yes. when you don't date anybody for some time because yep. I was just like trying to figure myself out. But I really felt like I just wanted to do six months. Like I didn't want to 
commit to something and then break it because yeah. I've seen people do that and that was just lame, right? Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do six months. And I remember telling, um, like, we were in a group of girls and I remember telling them, like, and the, my leader was there and I remember telling them, like, I think I'm going to do six months. And I was, like, really happy and proud to tell them. And um, my leader was like, well, knowing you, it should be a year. And so then <laughs> when... What? What's when she said that i was like oh my gosh uh, i didn't even think about it i made it a year instead of six months i remember that and then within six months is when i met my um ex yeah and that's when it went downhill because i was trying to be with him but i had committed <laughs> to a year instead of six months instead of listening to myself yeah and that whole battle of those six months you you were there with me through that yeah. that was horrible it was a very horrible time and i just remember at one point thinking like dang i should have if I would have made my own decision and done the six months like I wanted to, I wouldn't be placed into this mess. Yeah, I think we talked about that. Yeah. And then when you met him, you were like, it's crazy because I remember when I told exactly. you that I wanted six months. Yeah. And here I am having to wait 12 months, you know? Yeah. Because I listened to what somebody else, but I didn't even question it. I was like, dang, she said that? Okay, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And, um, and then through all that, that's when I got into a really big mess because I was getting very judged because I was talking to him while I was still in the commitment mm-hmm. that I didn't even want to be in. Yep. But like if I even talked to him or like people even knew we texted or called, they would be very like, mm, she's in a commitment. How dare she? Like it was yeah. very like shameful. It was very bad time. I do feel like then I went on. Then we went on a missions trip. And when we came back, um, I had another leader. Um, who doesn't even go to church anymore at all. She's completely away. But we came back, and she straight up said that he came up, he like, after the mission trip, that he came out of the mission trip, like, better than me, essentially. Like, he's, like, on a level 10. She's like, and you're, like, way down here. That's fucked up. And just, like, that I, like, I just felt like I wasn't good oh enough for God. him. And, like, it was just, like, the what I let people say to me and how I let people talk we to me. To and I still... need to bring those people that had those conversations with us that are not living in, that mm. are not living of God anymore. It needs mm. to come. We need to talk to them. <laughs> they, they have some explaining <laughs> to do. I'm just kidding. Yeah, because <laughs> my whole life was, like, affected by these people. And, like, they... I don't know. I just always felt not good enough. And so then after, when I went through my crazy stage, mm-hmm. I knew I was making decisions that were even, that were probably wrong, but at least they were mine. Yeah. That's why I didn't mind that I was making crazy yeah. decisions because I'm like, at least it's my choice. Yeah. Like, yeah, I lost my virginity outside of church or whatever, but at least I get to, I chose. Do you know what I mean? I yes. guess that that's where I was at. Even yeah. if it was angry, even if it was wrong, I'm deciding and nobody's deciding for me. And when you are in church and you feel like you're not actually free, like free will and you're not choosing God because you want to, you're choosing God because of what people are going to say about you, that leads people to go crazy. That's why people go crazy outside of church. Yeah. Like, let them go crazy, let them make whatever, just still be there with grace and mercy when they come back. And I yeah. just didn't feel that. And I think that's where all this stemmed from, which I'm still trying to make my, I still like can't even decide to get a car or not without like talking to 50 people and making sure it's the right decision first. And the it's just like, why can't you just through. decide for yourself? And things like, sorry, sorry. No, and no, I'm just like a grown woman trying to make decisions yes. that I can't make because the church decided for me for so Literally, long. Literally, that's what I was gonna say. Is that we have been conditioned to live a certain kind of way mm-hmm. and do certain kind of things that mm-hmm. it's gonna take us years to unlearn. Those it's taken me years to unlearn a lot of the things that I thought that were just normal. 
you know like someone telling you not to post stuff on instagram yeah. it's taking you how long to just finally post whatever you want how many times i still don't you... post whatever i want <laughs> <laughs> i know but how many times do you question yourself like mm-hmm. what does other people think because that's how the church taught us mm-hmm. it's how are you going to be perceived by someone else yep that judgment came from the church like hey make sure not to post that because how is that going to make you look mm-hmm. to other people mm-hmm. who cares at the end of the day, who cares? Mm-hmm. How does that make you feel when you post it? Does it make you feel bad? And don't post it. Mm-hmm. If it makes you feel good, post it. Yeah. It's not about what other people feel or what other people think about it. Mm-hmm. It's about what you think. Are you happy? Are you good? Mm-hmm. You know? And there's still moments where, like, I'll be drinking, like, an angry orchard or something. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I can post this. And I'm like, bro, what? You are 27, 28? Yeah. Like, come on. And it's like, oh, because people are going to think I got drunk. But, like, what is if I know I didn't, why does it matter if mm-hmm. I posted it and like what people are going to think about exactly. it? But I still, you still That's go through That's how that. it was. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, it's just you, oh, thinking about other people's opinions and motives instead of thinking about you and what you, even if you know that you're good. Yep. Why does it matter? So, and it's not just a church. It's how we were raised. Cause I know mm-hmm. in Hispanic cultures, it's very That's much true. like, how does everyone Maybe else perceive Maybe that's what it? it is. Like who, church on top of it being Hispanic. Like mm-hmm. we got a little bit of, mm. Like our parents already judged us for who we loved, for who we liked, for what we don't, what we shouldn't expect. Go marry a doctor, go marry a lawyer, go marry someone rich, Mm -hmm. you know, be, be happier. Don't be with this person. Don't be with that person. It was like, I knew for me, oh, don't hang out around the guys because you're going to look like a whore. What? Mm-hmm. Because I have guy friends, I'm going to look like a whore? Mm-hmm. But that was what was imprinted in my head by my family. I can only imagine also having the church. Oh, I can't imagine it happened. <laughs> <laughs> having the church on top of your family telling you how to live your life. Yeah. Oh, don't do this. Don't post that. My mom would tell me not to post that. No, no one needs to know that. You shouldn't be posting that. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. What do you mean? Let me post whatever I want. Like, oh, that's going to make you look bad. And I'm telling you, it's because of the church and because of our families. Mm-hmm. And then I meet people that like just really don't care, and I'm just get so jealous. I'm like, mm-hmm. how, like how? How are you like this? How mm-hmm. do you not care at all? And they're just doing whatever they want, what makes them happy, and they don't care about anybody's opinion. And I'm like, I want to be like that. Yeah, I'm like, give me, give it to me. <laughs> so. Can I ask something? Yeah. So I want to say like, with like our experiences, I have a question. So with our experiences, I know y'all don't have kids yet, but like. Would y'all bring up your children in the church? Mm. I'll go first. So, <laughs> <laughs> me personally, I I struggle with this all of the time. I'm oh, oops, I'm always back and forth on this question. Um, I'm always talking to my husband about it because I truly wonder, like, what am I gonna do? Like, my son turns two in July this summer, and um, you know, he we we say grace before our meals, you know, mm-hmm. every time we eat and we're trying to teach him that now. But it's like that's just one little part of it. Like I I will tell him the story of Easter and like I'll tell him about the story of um Christmas, but there's like more that I want him to learn, but it's like it's like I'm always on the fence about it because for example, like my husband and his um upbringing they weren't brought up in church like they Mm. didn't go to church they didn't go to sunday schools they had a relationship with god they loved god they said grace before all of their meals you know they they knew not to do wrong not to be evil you know but like it's not like they were going to church all of the time religiously um like i was brought up i went to church all the time i went to sunday services i went to kids church i did the little activities i watched veggie tales um at church sometimes like different things like that and then i grew up and was 
totally immersed in church like throughout my youth years and I feel like that's at the point where it kind of like fucked with me in a way because like throughout some really 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 formative years of my life I was stuck thinking one way and like thinking that if I did anything else like I was gonna go to hell like I grew up thinking that like um um what did i i grew up thinking having sex before marriage masturbating or watching porn is just as bad as being a crack um not a crack addict because i mean like if you're a crack addict that's you but like just as bad as like being like an adulteress a murderer um you know like a fucking criminal you know what i mean like it's like some things that are very very minuscule and it's like very normal for other people yeah it's like i was brought up thinking like that was like you're you're going to hell like that is just Mm -hmm. like just as bad you know and it's like i feel like that's where it kind of like fucks with you but the growing up part in the church like i i don't know because like i like those years for me and i feel like it does give you a lot of knowledge and it gives you a certain faith and a certain magic to sort of like believe in because like i remember when i was young in kids church hearing about the story of like um is it peter who walks on water yeah okay right it's the story of peter walking on water his faith in jesus and like his trust in him to take that step to walk on the waters and like when the moment he kind of doubted he fell you know like those things stuck with me throughout life because it's like i have very strong faith in god and i have been through some really tough trials and tribulations and i hold out thinking like i'm gonna get on the other side of this way better because i have faith in god like i know that god is putting me through something right now testing me but i'm not gonna fall like i am not going to lose my faith in him because i'm trusting the process like i'm trusting the process and so i feel like certain things like that i loved that about growing up but Mm. like i want to save my son from the trauma that comes with um growing up in the church and like the pressures that come with it because there's there's pressures that come with life like on its own and like i i had that a lot i had a lot of pressure growing up like my sister was nine years older than me so my mom had like a huge gap in between and i got to see a teenager fuck up basically and how that caused their life to ultimately derail and end and i knew that that's not what i wanted to do for myself like i had that pressure of making sure that i didn't put my mom through that pain and that i didn't um make those same mistakes and then i had the pressure of making sure that i got a scholarship to get into college because i couldn't even think about going to college without having a scholarship because i'm broke so like how would i make it to college you know but i knew that i needed to go to college all of those pressures ultimately like made me crack at the end because i ended up dropping out of college and not wanting to continue because of how much pressure was putting on me i felt like i was going to go crazy if i kept going to those classes and now i look back at it and i regret it because i'm like maybe i should have just taken some time to decompress before going straight in from you know school like high school to college like i never took a semester break Mm -hmm. and i'm like maybe if i took that semester break when everybody else did instead of just jumping into this program I wouldn't have burnt out so quickly. Yeah. But I was just trying to raise up these. I was trying to just stand up to these standards that were pretty unrealistic. And I yeah. should have never held those to myself. Yeah. Um, But like, I feel like that all comes from like just the pressures of trying to be perfect. And yep. who tells you to be perfect? Like you got to be perfect in church because if not, you're going to hell. Right. So it's like all of that stuff just like leads back to that. And I think that's crazy. Yep. Mm. For me personally, I want to um, be able to take my kid 
um, in the beginning, you know, because I think kids' church is so fun. Like, I remember yeah. enjoying that time. Mm-hmm. So, like, Sunday service. If I go to Sunday service, I want it to be something that, like, I take my kids to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to just be the only one. Like, I don't want to be, like, um, not take my kids. I want to be able to have my kids there with me. So, yeah. I would I would love to take my kids out to, like, you know, the Sunday churches or the Wednesday churches or at least twice a week. And I don't want to be so, like, regular. I don't want to have to take... A, um, I don't, I don't want to have to go every single week. I don't mm-hmm. want that pressure on me, Norman kids. Mm-hmm. So whenever we do want to go to church, hey, okay, I'm going to go to church on Wednesday. I bring my kid. You know, I don't want them to feel like we have to go to church if they yeah. don't want to. If they wake up and they're like, "Mommy, I don't want to go to church. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to." No, we're going. Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. force. I don't want to be that mom that like makes my kid go to church. And mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to give my kid. Um, uh, when they're middle school and high school, I'm going to say, hey, do you want to go to youth service or do you want to stay with me? It doesn't really matter. Like, I'm going to have my kids be able to choose the whether they have the choice of whether they want to sit with me in the, in the main sanctuary or they want to go out to the, be with the kids or the youth or whatever it is. Like, you teach them that foundation and exactly. give them the choice if they want to yes. follow it or not. Yes, because mm-hmm. I don't want to just tell my kid, sorry, the music is really loud. It's really bothering me. <laughs> uh, I don't want my kids to just only feel like... um they have to do all these things, like all these steps. Like they have yeah. to go to church. They have to go. They have to go to mission trips. They have to do this. Like, no, and not, it's not that my mom also made me feel that way, but I don't want them to feel the pressure the way that I felt the pressure. Yeah. And maybe I, I won't be able to stop that, but I do want my kids to have a foundation in God, and I do want them to learn about the Bible. And I think that's good because I feel I, I can be honest. My mom did force me to do all those things. Yeah. Like I was very forced. You know, like yeah. if I missed one Thursday, I did miss one Thursday. Something happened in my car. And I couldn't go, and she was, like, calling me, like, why didn't you go to church? I was, like, so mad. So, like, I was very, like, a forced child. And, like, par- like half of me thanks her for the foundation because I know Jesus, and I'm always going to have him in my heart, and I'm happy that I know him. Yeah. But then the other half is, like, dang, girl, like, like you did not give me a choice to do anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yep. now even still my mom, because my mom broke out of that, and now where she, so when she went through her cancer, I think that was her moment of breaking free from all that. And yeah. she is different now. I see a change in her. And now she'll like be like, why do you like let people walk all over you? And why do you let people treat you like mm. this? And I'm like, girl, hello. <laughs> Have you met you? Yeah. Like, did you not see how we were? I mean, like, you know what I mean? She even had to break free of it. And, the only, and she broke free of it because she had like, she really thought she was going to make it. You know what yeah. I mean? Going through cancer, you kind of realize like, dang, all that doesn't matter. Yep. So she had her experience. And now I feel like. Now I, you're feeling it. Yeah. I, I want to go through it and. I mean, I have people in my life. I'm grateful that like so they're like, okay, stop caring so much what people think. Mm-hmm. And then I have other people in my life that I'm like, I care what you think. That's why you're yeah. part of the problem. Yeah. But yeah, it it's, it's still learning. Which, it is learning. Yeah. And I never, and I feel like we talk about this all the time. Me and you have fellowship. Me and you will listen to worship in the car mm-hmm. and just start singing. And me yes. and you will pray together and like, you know. And I feel like that is church and that is fellowship. And that yes. is when God said, you know, you're the church and fellowship. I feel like that's what he meant. Like yep. those genuine moments, not the moments that I'm performing for other people to see me. Or yes, exactly. Making sure like I have it all together. And we would never say to people like, don't go to church or don't love God or don't follow him. Sorry. Yeah, no, sorry. Or don't follow him. I just like, I think in the midst of all that, I want people to know like, yeah, we church hurt exists. It's real. Just don't let it take over. 
Yeah, and don't let it hinder the relationship. relationship with God. Yeah, and like at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Exactly, and those people are people; they're not God. It's just sad that mm. we're meant to be a reflection of Him. Yeah, and the reflection was so distorted. Yes. and now I do feel, and me and you have had these conversations where I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like God's gonna hate me because I did this, or yeah, like God won't love me or support me if I did this. And you're like, girl, that is the past. Yeah, that's church hurt, and you're comparing God to people from the church, and you need to stop that. Yeah, so. Because God loves you no matter what yeah. we do. He loves murderers. He loves killers. He yeah. loves everyone. He just doesn't love the sin. He yeah. wished we wouldn't commit the sin. Mm-hmm. And it's more of like, I see it as like when you when you would mess up and your mom would just be like, I'm so disappointed in you. Mm-hmm. And like that disappointment never took away from the love that she had for you. It was just kind of like, man, I just wish you made a better decision. Like, mm-hmm. I wish you would have, you know, I've been this girl. I was like taking out the chicken when you got home from school instead yeah. of waiting until I got home because now I have to be defrosted longer. Or, you know, or like we lie to our parents and like they're not going to hate us. They're not listening to us like, wow, you lied to me. Mm-hmm. They're more of like, wow, you lied to me. Like, I thought you trusted me enough to tell me the truth, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what God wants. God wants us to be honest with him and we're mad at him to tell him. Yeah. And I think that, Sometimes I did let church hurt kind of control my relationship with God, but yeah. I'm realizing that like I can still have a relationship and I'm still now currently going to church. Yeah. Like I'm currently going back, easing my way back and I love it. I love some of the, some of the sermons, some of the sermons I can't get under, but you know, it's a work <laughs> in progress. God yeah, is yeah. working my heart. I have a hard time understanding certain things, but mm-hmm. I know that God would want me to be there. God yeah. wants me to be there to hear him and he wants me to have fellowship with my friends and to pray with you and to pray with Shay and to mm-hmm. talk about God because at the end of the day that's what matters yeah. it's a relationship that we have with God when we die it's only me and God mm-hmm. no one else is involved in that in that conversation <laughs> so and then uh, multiple things I feel like also what happened to us is like okay the Bible says God will take your sin and just you know throw it in the ocean mm-hmm. or make it like a grain of sand in the at the beach right but when we went in church, what happens is when you confess, it will keep getting brought up once in a while. You know what I mean? Yes. Like your your sin is not just disappeared. It's out there for yep. everyone to know. And then the whole church knows. And then your leader will bring it up when they're talking mm. to you. And I just... Or in other situations with other people. Yes, that has happened to me where... Yeah, a leader, Annie, Annie. Yeah, a leader mentioned my sin in front of somebody else that didn't know. And I had to just be there like, oh, this person knows now without me telling them. That's great. Yeah, And I feel like that's a main thing too that I have to understand is like I'm just scared my sin will keep coming up but that's yeah. not how Jesus is yeah. once you ask for forgiveness Jesus doesn't even see it anymore you know yeah but um another thing you mentioned sorry ADD what were we talking about <laughs> we were talking about the church hurt and like people hurt us okay and then another thing you were saying that like you're easing your way back into church right and then you hear sermons that you don't necessarily agree with or whatever Mm -hmm. another i feel like in church people wanted to tell us what the correct answer was or what to believe but i feel like if we have a personal relationship with jesus he's so close to us that he'll tell us you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and that's something i did and like i had a lot of people tell me this is your next move in life this is your next decision this is what you have to do next and i'm like okay but i hear from jesus too if he's telling you about my life he can tell me about my life yeah and that's one thing that i guess i want to say to everybody if they are going to church like don't just take it full face from somebody even if they are your leader even if it was you yeah i would still be like okay if god told you he'll tell me too exactly you know like i need that time with god to figure out like what is it that you want from me um but yeah so this is the episode Mm -hmm. um everyone's good no one wants to say anything else Mm -hmm. i just 
I just want to just like let you guys know that this is our experiences and yeah. you know I hope that this helps someone kind of feel not so alone anymore like mm-hmm. that you're not the only one and just because a church hurt us doesn't mean that God hurt us it just means yeah. the church did it means that humans failed and that's natural humans are going to fail we all fail each other and also it's about how you feel if you fail and you continue to keep failing because you don't care there's a problem mm-hmm. but we just know that we can't fault those people they did things that they thought mm-hmm. were right and I'm not going to hold that against them I have to move on yeah. even though it still hurts me I have to move on from that but yeah. I do know that God loves us and he forgives us just like mm-hmm. he forgives them and yeah. it's just a cycle of life but yeah. I just I really wanted to come here together with the girls yeah, yeah you can and them. we just wanted to say that like we've all have church hurt but we still love Jesus so yeah, like if right. you've gone through it don't let it stop you from having a relationship with him because yeah. we promise that's not his heart nope he didn't and intend for that. your relationship with him is how you want it to be yeah. no one else is to tell you how your relationship with him should look like mm-hmm. or be Mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you. This was a great episode of Conversations Thanks with Thanks for tea. having us. Alrighty, there was your dose of fresh thoughts on Conversations with T. Bye. Bye.